Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Yes, indeed. This is the WCHL Podcast. I am the Commissioner. Let's continue talking to some players. How about that? Next up, it's from the University of Colorado, number 93, Owen Dickinson. Here we go. Hey there, my name is Christopher Perry. This is the WCHL Podcast. I am the Commissioner, and on this edition of the pod... It's our very special honor to have from the University of Colorado, it's number 93, Owen Dickinson. Owen, say hello to the people. How's it going, folks? Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, hey, thanks for taking time out of your uh, holiday break to talk, talk to us. What's, uh, are, are, what are you doing for the, for the holiday? Are you just chilling out at home, or are you, did you go somewhere exotic? Are we talking to you from the beach, or what? Uh, I'm, I'm chilling at home. I live about 40 minutes away from campus in a small town in South Denver, so I just bebop down there and just enjoying some time with family. Had some family come into town and just hanging out with them. When you say you're in a small town, you're you're. I'm looking at your elite prospects, Owen. It says Castle Rock. I mean, not exactly a small town. Yes, sir. It, it's booming for sure. Booming <laughs> for sure. I uh, I've been here my entire life, so. I'm always coming back to when it was tiny, but it is booming. Wow. Okay. Well, what's, let, let's talk about that. I mean, growing up in the South Denver in a booming little area, and you've been there your entire life, what was it that, uh, that drew you to hockey? Because I imagine there are lots of other sports that were available to you. Yeah, so I was actually kind of a late bloomer um, when it came to hockey. Uh, my parents got me into every sport except for hockey when I was young (laughs) and uh you know it just I forget exactly how it came but I remember uh watching like an avalanche Blackhawks game and being fascinated with uh Patrick Kane originally yeah and I was like you know what I kind of like this hockey thing and you know I had been through every sport so far and you know I enjoyed it but I wasn't really like in love with anything I had done so it actually started with just a little mini stick and a net in the living room. And I would just sit in the living room watching hockey, playing hockey, just tearing up the hardwood floors, you know. And, uh, and mom and dad finally said, hey, we need to put this kid on skates and get him out of the uh, get him off the hardwood floors. Exactly right. Exactly right. So they actually told me originally, like, you know, I started getting into it when I was eight years old and they told me originally that I needed to uh, become a skate. Like I needed to skate first. And they had spoken to people that said like, you got to get him on skates and get him skating. So I actually took like skating lessons, didn't touch a puck for like a year. Um, well, maybe not a year, but probably like six months of just skating, skating, skating. Yeah. And you know, my dad said, if, if you still love it in six months, we'll get you into hockey. And I, Obviously, I still loved it, and I, ever since then, you know, it's just been 
hockey, hockey, hockey. And here we are. Now, uh, were you also, were there any other sports that you were interested in? Or, or once you discovered hockey on the hardwood floor and then, you know, skating, was that it? And you just focused uh, solely on, on stick and puck? Yeah, I am. The second I got into hockey, like the second I got a stick in my hand on the ice, I was done. Okay. With every other sport. Like I, uh, I played some baseball and I played, you know, the classic sports that your parents put you in when you're young, soccer, soccer. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. And the second that I realized, you know, I really like this, I dropped it all. So it's been hockey only since then. What's the, uh, you said you grew up in Castle Rock, which is a, a, a nice little suburb. It's, it's growing, it's booming now in the south part of the Denver area. What's the hockey scene like there in the south side of Denver? Because I, I got to believe and this is just me, I'm, I'm talking to you from Oklahoma City, uh, i got to believe that there's, uh, you know, probably, what, a half dozen, dozen rinks in the Denver metro area. So growing up in Castle Rock, what are your options like in terms of uh, hockey playing? Can, does, is there high school hockey? Uh, yes, sir. So in terms of, like, growing up, there was probably uh, six, five or six youth hockey programs within, like, a, 30 mile radius of me that I had the option to go skate for. Yeah. Um, so there's a team, uh, called the Arapaho warriors. They're off of, they're kind of in like Greenwood village area. Um, Littleton Hawks, they're in Littleton. Um, there's like a team called the rampage. They're in monument. So there's a lot of different options. Um, and it's all very centered in like the Denver Metro, Denver Metro area. Okay. You get out of it. It, gets more sparse and then as you get older and you get into the high school scene there is some programs that still merge high schools just because there isn't enough kids i participated at one of those high schools where uh we had three different high schools merging um cherry creek high school is a very large high school and they merge from like eight or nine schools Um, so they're usually pretty dominant and then a lot of the uh, private schools are obviously just the kids at that school yeah, what's the uh, what's what's the big private school up there in the Denver area that where um, the the former coach from uh, DU went to, like Victory Christian, uh, Valor, or Christian. Valor, Valor Christian, Valor Christian. There you go. Yes, yeah, sir. what a deal. All right, and so uh, when when you played high school, you you said you were on a, a program that uh, combined high schools. So did your Castle Rock High School combine with who? Yeah, so I actually went to high school in Highlands Ranch. The zoning for me was really weird. Okay. Um, so I went to high school in Highlands Ranch, and there's a high school probably six or seven minutes from me called Castleview, and we merged with them, but I just wasn't zoned for that school. So it was Castleview Rock Canyon High School, which is the school I attended, yeah. and then Douglas County High School, and they merged all three of those to make one roster. Interesting, and, and when, so when they help me out un- understand this, Owen, when they uh, when they merge rosters, do they have enough people to for a full team? Do they have to cut players, or are they just merging because there's barely enough to make a team? Um, it's usually like enough to field two teams. Okay, um, I would. I'm not entirely sure like how often they're fully cutting players, uh, but in the program that I was in. It was usually uh, like a 60-man tryout of the sorts, and you know they'd field two teams and all that stuff. We weren't always the strongest team, um, 
our actually my senior year was when we were the strongest. It was the farthest we'd made it, which was the quarterfinals of states. Nice. Uh, which was awesome. That was that was really fun to be a part of. Um, but that's why they do all the merging is because if the high schools were on their own, they could probably field teams, but they wouldn't be competitive whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. And you said you make quarterfinals for uh, for states. Um, where does how does the Colorado high school hockey scene? How do they do it? Do they play? At home, do they have neutral uh, neutral site things? Do you play quarterfinals? I, I got to presume that the final is probably at the Pepsi Center, huh? Or now what, yes, Ball sir. Arena? Yeah. Yes, sir. So the quarter semis and uh, championship game, they're all held at Ball Arena. Okay. And then uh, the first round of the playoffs is like home ice advantage. So we had home ice our first round. And then after that, then we played at ball in the quarters and then lost. What's it? Uh, help me out. I mean, you're a high school senior. You're playing in the quarterfinals for the uh, state championship, and you're at the ball arena. And I'm sure it's, I mean, it's not 18,000 full, but it's got to be pretty full with, you know, uh, folks from a couple of high schools on your side, a couple of high schools on the other side, I'm sure. What, what's, what's that like, Owen, in terms of uh, – being on the ice where the where the NHL avalanche where the big boys play uh it was incredible it's actually super cool I think that's like the biggest pro to having all of the merging high schools is we got pull from three schools and it was incredible like uh I had played there prior obviously my freshman sophomore junior year and there just wasn't as much pull um, I don't know if that's because we just didn't get it out to them and stuff like that. But our, my senior year, like, we'd completely pack the barn. Like, it was incredible. Like, just nuts. And playing at ball, um, obviously a gigantic arena. But almost the entirety of, like, the first bowl was uh, pretty juiced. And it was a team. It was actually Valor Christian that we had played in the quarters. Okay. And we beat We beat them prior in the year. Um, which was the first time we had ever beaten them. So, you know, they were kind of looking for revenge on us and we were trying to, you know, continue and be a step ahead. And it was just an electric game. Like it was awesome. Very Best nice experience ever for sure. Very nice. Now, have you played, uh, was that your first time ever playing there in ball arena? Uh, no, sir. We had gotten to play in ball, uh, not particularly with my high school, but just growing up, um, there's like a Quebec qualifier to play in the Pee Wee International Tournament growing up um, out in Quebec. And we got to play in that because we made it to the championship game of that. And Silver Sticks, uh, I don't know if they still do it to this day, but they play at DU and Ball and the Budweiser Arena, which is now known as the Blue Arena, I believe, yeah. which is super cool. That's got to be very cool to grow up um, you know, in, a, in an area – that uh, affords you the opportunity to play on, on the same sheets as you know the number one college team in America, the number one minor league, whether it's East Coast or American League team in the Bud Center or the Bud Arena, and the, then you know Stanley Cup champions Avalanche. That's got to be pretty cool for, uh, and, and, and it's got to make an impression on a young hockey player growing up that well, I'm playing on the same ice as these guys. Oh yeah, very Most nice. Definitely. All right, well, so you 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 you're in hockey now. Did you play any junior hockey, or did you just do youth and uh, youth and in, um, in high school? 
Uh, I did not play any junior hockey. I had uh, the opportunity to play some junior hockey, and I kind of like weigh that over with my family yeah. and decided, you know, is this worth it for me? And ultimately, I came to the conclusion that I decided that I just wanted to go to college and, you know, pursue my degree um, and try to get that done and work towards that, you know. Okay, very nice. Now, we, you obviously, you chose to go to CU Boulder. Um, were, there, uh, were there other schools that you looked at or was from the time, you know, that, uh, that you, when the college was on your radar, you knew that you were going to go to Boulder? Uh, so, yeah, there was a bunch of other schools that I was thinking about. Um, I was kind of like 50-50 on my mindset. Like 50% of me wanted to go to a school with a good, like, good ACHA program. And 50% of me wanted to go based on academics. Yeah. And, like, at the end of the day, like, I knew that I needed to make, like, the best academic decision for me. Um, but I still wanted to stay involved in hockey. Um, so I applied to schools, you know, all over the place, right? The classic apply to as many places as you can right <laughs> yeah and um tell me boulder was not your safe school uh boulder was my safe school oh no um, so it was it's actually really funny because i tell so many people this boulder originally was my safe school and uh where i'm at now i like couldn't be happier with the environment that I'm in and uh, the people I've surrounded myself with. Cause originally I was like, you know, I want to get out of the state. I've lived here my whole life. Like go see something new. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it didn't end up working out. I didn't get into like the main schools that I was hoping to get into. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go to a school that I'm 50, 50 on and play pay out of state tuition and, you know, do make these like, big decisions when I could, you know, go in state, pay less tuition, possibly skate for a good ACHA program. And I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it. Good, good. Well, it's it's interesting though. And you knew, so before you made your college decision, you were aware of the ACHA and you knew that the ACHA existed and that um, club hockey, even though NCAA hockey is what everybody strives for, you, you knew that there was other options uh, aside from NCAA hockey. Is that is that accurate? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I was uh, aware of the fact that CU had a an ACHA team because some of the guys that I played with growing up, um, one of them specifically went to Boulder and was playing on the ACHA team. Okay. And uh, he was a mentor to me kind of growing up and because he, he was always a couple years older than me. So I was aware of, like, the ACHA scene. Um and I actually didn't know, like, how many teams there were. Like, it's insane, right? Like, how many rosters there are in the country and how much competition there is. I feel like it's really overlooked. Um, I feel like, you know, e even myself included is constantly has, like, the NCAA mind, like, just thinking about all that stuff. And obviously, you know, growing up, you want to play in the NCAA. Like, who doesn't, right? Sure, like, sure, yeah. Strive for your goals, but... Where I'm at now, like I realize that, you know, this is this is phenomenal as well. Like, I think it's a great environment with great people, and it's still very competitive. And you know, I it's personally what I like because I was originally worried like, is it going to be not as competitive as I would like? You know, is it more of like a beer league? kind of situation where you just go to have fun. Right. And honestly, like it was almost a punch in the face, uh, with, 
when I realized like, wow, like this is incredibly serious. And a lot of these guys are like, are here to win, which I love. I, I love that environment. So when, when did you find that out, Owen? Did you find that out in your first couple of games? Did you find that out during tryouts? When did you find that out? Uh, I, I definitely like got a hint of it in tryouts because I showed up to tryouts and I was after the first skate, I was like, wow, like I'm not going to make this team. You know, like <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, I paid the tryout fee. Like I might get cut tonight, you know? Yeah. And, uh, we had a great coach and he gave me an opportunity. He saw something in me and he developed me so much. And, but on the topic of like how quickly it hit me, like after our first game, um, I didn't play for a couple weeks, uh, but I, I finally got my, my shot after my first game specifically, yeah. it was a real punch in the face. Like I was like, wow, like, um, I am small, weak, not fast enough. Uh. I was like, wow, like I need to, I need to pick it up, you know, and really like dial it in. And obviously, you know, you get used to like, the speed of the game and you get used to the size and the physicality. Cause for people that do not know much about the ACHA, it is uh very physical. So that's something you definitely have to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure it's got to be a little a difficult transition since you came from directly from high school and you're playing against, uh, you know, some guys that are, might be freshmen in terms of school class with you, but they're, you know, two, three, four years older because they've played a couple of years of juniors as well. And so it's kind of a, a tough, uh, or I guess it can be tough sliding to be an 18-year-old you know, kid out there playing against 21, 22-year-old men. So it's, I'm sure that's, uh, that's going to be an eye-opener for you, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely developed me for sure. Like uh, playing, I mean, all my teammates are significantly older than I am. Yeah. And, you know, not only do you learn a lot from them because they've been in the league for a while and, and they play juniors and they know what like kind of this environment's all about, but you learn a lot from your opponents and it is by far the most development that I've had in one year. Like I came home on Christmas break and people were like shocked. Didn't even think it was the same me because you know, you just have to keep up, right? Yeah. You got to keep up with the guys that are faster and stronger and uh, I think I developed a ton because of it. Very nice, very nice. Now you say you went to Boulder because uh, you know obviously you're looking to con- con- continue your competitive career, but also you were focused on your academics. What 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 are you studying? What's your major there at, at, at CU? I'm studying chemical engineering. Oh my goodness! Tell me about chemical engineering. What are you looking at doing with that? I so CU particularly doesn't have a petroleum engineering major. Um, which I do have some interest in petroleum and I also have interest in like the medical field and I'm kind of just letting like my interests, you know, take me down whatever road I go down. Um, I don't really know like entirely what I want to do yet. Um, but those are the things that I kind of like want to pursue outside of college. Interesting. So, you know, I, I haven't really put too much thought into it, um, I'm more or less like worried about passing all my classes right now. <laughs> it's demanding. Uh, yeah. That's also a punch in the face for sure. Um, but yeah, like I think I'm just going to kind of see what happens and just learn and 
try to find something I enjoy. Very nice. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, if you enjoy it, then it's not work, right? That's uh, that's uh, that's very good. Well, t- tell me a little bit about Boulder. What was it about, uh, other than the fact that you, it's nearby, it's close, but Boulder is kind of a special place. Um, what is it about Boulder that makes it so special? Uh, me personally, I just think that it's beautiful. There's so much to do. Uh, there's so much to get involved with. And I know that's very niche uh, and cliche when you when someone asks you, like, what do you like about your college? Like, there's so much to do. Yeah. But it's just like, I think it's a whole different animal. You know, you're 40 minutes from the mountains. You know, you can go ski on a on a Saturday and only have to drive an hour and a half round trip. You can go hike. You can go see all these different things and go to national parks and we're just like surrounded by like the most beautiful flat irons ever. And, you know, obviously it's a great institution, a great school, but I think what really makes it is the environment that the school's in. It's just absolutely incredible. What, uh, I had some family that lived, I've mentioned this before, but I've had some family that lived in Colorado Springs. And when I went and visited, I, my head would always turn to the West and just, you know, I'd stare at the mountains and um, I have uh, I have some family that lives in Fort Collins, and it's the same way. I'm I'm always drawn to the mountains. You grew up in you know Castle Rock, and now you're going to school in Boulder. Do you are you still are you in awe of what you're surrounded by, or does it just is it the same old same old, and it's just you know part of everyday life? So you you never you know the mountains don't really sit there and go, eh, you know, they're there. Uh, you definitely take the mountains for granted, for sure. Okay. Like, once you've been there for a while, like, you definitely, like, don't see them the same way. Uh, but there's occasionally times where I'm just like, wow, like, this is incredible. Um, so, like, I do, like, I know it's beautiful and, like, I, I love it but I'm not constantly like just blown away. And I, I think that is partially because I've been here for so long yeah. and it's almost, it's, I mean, it's in my backyard. So wild, wild. Let me ask this. So uh, one of the things, um, uh, that, that, that always intrigued me about the mountains is the fact that there's wildlife everywhere and, and, you know, people are moving into the mountains and that's where the wildlife normally is. That's their land or their, their home We're we're encroaching on them. Um, and so that's why we see, you know, stuff, you know, show up in our backyards or on our streets one day. What's the craziest or the wildest wildlife that you've seen? I'm not saying go out and, you know, to the national park and you've seen a bear or anything or an elk. But, you know, you lived in Castle Rock your whole time. Now you're in Boulder. Uh, you know, what has, has, have you, did you have a mountain lion in your backyard at all? Is a bear climbed, you know, got stuck up in a tree? Uh, so about, I'm trying to think, maybe a month or two ago, uh, we had noticed there was something getting into our trash Yeah. in the backyard. And we knew there was obviously a bear, you know, kind of on the prowl, hanging out. And uh, one night, one of my roommates went outside and, like, heard this really loud breathing. And it ended up that there was a bear in our backyard. You know, it scared the crap out of him. So he actually got a video of it. And that bear just kind of, like, hangs out. Really? hangs out in the area. Yeah, like, we caught him, like... 
hanging out in the neighbor's front yard. And like they are super, super comfortable. Like they are not afraid of you at all. Yeah. Um. So, you, obviously, like they're gonna kind of run away. Like if you run into them, but you know they'll scare the crap out of you because they're not afraid of like human interaction and being around humans. Sure, they're looking for a food source. Yeah. Right. Ex- I, exactly right. Yeah. Wow. That would. Uh, I guess it's better that your roommate found it and had the video as opposed to you, huh? Yeah, no kidding. I uh, that would scare the crap out of me. And in terms of at home in Castle Rock, like I live in a little tiny like suburb area, tree woody area, just north of Castle Rock. And uh, you know the whole ring camera stuff is so like new. Everyone has a ring camera that films oh, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And there's like a neighborhood like uh, next door group chat where everyone posts like you know, things, just random things. Right. And, uh, my, I came downstairs one morning and my dad showed me this video of just a gigantic mountain lion in someone's front yard, just hanging out. And that, that'll give you the goosebumps there because those things will stalk you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always, it's always wild that when, you know, again, I'm here on the flatlands in Oklahoma, I'm thinking of the mountains and you're like, oh, that'd be, that'd be so cool to see that. And then you got to realize, wait a, stuff, wait a second, these things aren't exactly nice and cuddly and stuffed, you know, where you can go pet them. These things are alive and they're ready to, you know, they're, they're trying to survive and you could be part of their survival. Oh so. yeah. And that's the thing about those mountain lions. Like you don't know they're there until they got you. Uh, <laughs> bears bears are not very graceful like you know you you can see a bear and you know it's there you can get away from it and that's kind of like you can do a lot of stuff to prevent getting in harm's way of a like a little tiny black bear one that you would see in boulder yeah uh but those mountain lions man like you have no idea they're there until they're on your back yikes yikes well, let's talk a little bit about um, about the the CU Rec Center. It's one of the few pro. Your Colorado is one of the few programs that actually has their rink on campus. It's one of the few blessed programs in the ACHA. Um, I'm, I'm going to presume, Owen, that for the first year of college, you had to live on campus. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. And so, what, what's that like? You're living in the dorms. You're living on campus. Your rink is literally on campus. Um, how, how? I mean. I'm 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 inarticulate in trying to formulate my question, but I'm I'm just what is what is that like to have such a convenient thing in terms of the rink right there in the midst of campus because it's right next to Folsom Field, it's part of the rec center, it's the hub of student activity on the on the main campus there in Boulder. That has to be exciting. Oh, it's incredible! Like it is, without question, the thing that I am most grateful for. We have our own locker room with our own stalls. You know, you know, your gear is always at the rink. Uh, when I was living in dorms, I had a two-minute walk from my dorm to the rink. Uh, it was phenomenal. It brings more people to the rink, right? Yeah. There's no driving needed. So when we have home games, there is just going to be more people because it's more convenient. Uh, it's incredible. Like – you walk into the rec center, they've got everything that you need supplied for you. You know, they give us all of our towels. They give us the space. We get, fr- the best part is we get free ice, right? Wow. So that ice is our ice. And we can, you know, obviously we have uh, two other programs 
Yep. We have the women's hockey team and we have the division two hockey team. And we also have the figure skating team, but like, you know, we get 16 hours of ice for four teams, you know? So we get a three hour slot every morning and we don't pay a dollar for it. That's awesome. And obviously like the students are paying tuition and like all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like it reduces dues Right. So our dues are significantly less than the average ACHA team because we don't have to pay for ice. It's so convenient and it is a phenomenal rink. Right. Like yeah, it is. it's awesome. We have all the amenities, you know, we got four locker rooms. We got a, a nice little section for uh, fans and stuff like that. It's great. It's a great it's, setup for sure, and and especially now since it, they've they've redone it, they've it's got a uh, it's been remodeled or not re, not remodeled. Maybe let's just say it's got a nice paint job now, um, because there was a time, especially during COVID, when uh, you know the paint was peeling off the walls and it looked like it was uh, showing its age. But now they've they've done the rec center up nice. Let me ask you this, Owen. It's got to be. Uh, a little distracting, or maybe it's not, uh, because not only is there ice hockey going on, but you have, in order to get to the rink, you've got to walk through rock climbing and, you know, the, the Peloton bikes and basketball courts and volleyball and what, what squash and ping pong. And, uh, I mean, there's an awful lot of spandex going on over there. So that's got to, is that an advantage to you guys? Is it distracting to you guys that, you know, you're walking, you got to, you're thinking about playing UNLV or Oklahoma or Arizona and you're getting distracted by, you know, stuff that's climbing a rock or uh, somebody on the Pelotons. Uh, I actually think it's done nothing but help us. Yeah. Um, I think that the amenities that are offered have been just incredible. They just did a whole bunch of like, they just made a whole bunch of changes to the rec center, right? They just added this awesome like CrossFit gym and we work out in that gym. We're getting stronger. We're getting faster. We have all the tools that we need to become a better hockey team. And you know, there's a lot going on, right? Like there's, there's a lot of people in there, but it almost is like it kind of pumps you up, you know, Very nice. yeah. you're walking through and there's a bunch of college students and like, I'm going to play a game. Like I'm, I'm going to present my college. I'm going to wear the Buffalo on my chest and I'm going out to war. Like it pumps me up and like you're walking through the whole rec center. Yes. It's a pretty long walk to get to the back of the rec center. <laughs> and you're just like walking past people like, yeah, I'm about to go to war. And I'm pumped up about it, you know? It fires me up. Yeah, and, and CU does get a great little crowd in there at their at their rink, and it's uh, they can get loud and, and boisterous. Um, tell me about uh, playing at, at altitude. Um, is you know is that a myth? Is that a real thing? You've lived it. You've been there your whole life. So I, I'm going to presume you're acclimated to it, but is that something in addition to the fitness and, and, and you know, the, the rec center being there, does the altitude help you at all? Or is that just not a non-factor or is that a non-factor for, for, you know, the CU team? Um, I feel like it's partially a placebo, right? Like, you know, you tell yourself like these guys don't train at altitude, like we are more fit than them. We yeah. will be able to outlast them. And I feel like part of it's the placebo, right? Like 
you're you're just putting yourself above the opponent and the opponents probably thinking the same thing like these guys are at altitude and i do definitely think it makes a difference but at the end of the day like whoever plays the better team hockey is going to win the game regardless like, of the altitude yeah regardless of conditioning levels like all these dudes are like there's so many studs in this league there's a there's a lot of good teams so like yes it does factor in like we are definitely like very conditioned. We are, I pride our team in be in just being relentless, regardless of the score, whether we're up five or we're down five, uh -huh. just relentless nonstop. Like it feels like we don't, we can't run out of gas, you know? So I do pride my team in that, but I also feel like it, probably plays more of a placebo effect than anything else okay so it's a more more of a mind game i was watching the uh we're, we're recording this today after christmas and yesterday the nuggets game was on and uh you could see they had the i don't know what is it 5280 um you know subtly built into the uh painted onto the court to remind uh, the opponents you know you are playing it at, at, in mile high so uh, interesting, interesting. Well, you, let me ask this, Owen. You were talking about, um, you know, you had a, you've been at CU now for for two years. When you originally came to CU, your coach uh, was Benny Taller, and he said that he gave you a chance, and um, you know, didn't didn't cut you that first day uh, like you were thinking of at training camp. <laughs> Um, but now, you know, Benny's, uh, Benny's left the program to focus on his, his family and his own business. And now you've got Trace Jablin in there as, as your coach this year. What has that transition been like to go from Coach Taller to Coach Jabs? Uh, I think it's been great. Uh, both, in my eyes, are phenomenal people, uh, great coaches. Uh, Benny moved on for family reasons, you know, which was uh, saddening. But we, uh, we have new blood in, right? Coach Javelin, he's phenomenal. Um, he cares more about this program than anything else, and I see it every single day. Uh, he sets a phenomenal example. Like, that that's what I like about him the most. He is so good at setting the example and setting a high standard, and he expects so much out of us, and it's so easy to want to, like, live up to those expectations and to like be what he's asking for because he gives it back right to us, like dedicates so much time to our team. Um, we have implemented a ton of stuff, right? We've implemented film sessions. We've implemented team workouts. We've Im implemented film study, like solo film study with just me and coach, you know, where I find clips where I think I'm doing well and I think I'm doing poorly. And we talk about them and, you know, he's constantly giving me, you know, like good pointers. He's giving me, you know, very positive feedback and, it's enlightening. It motivates me to be better. I know it motivates all my teammates to be better. Um, so I'm I'm really happy with him as a coach. Do you think sure. it? Do you think it helps, Owen? Uh, I mean, Trace he played for CU and he played for CU when you know they were nationally ranked and going to nationals. Do you think it? And and, and not a knock on Benny because Benny was great and Benny knew the game and Benny was a, was an, an excellent coach. 
But do you think it helps? Um, well, th- I mean, that's kind of a, a softball question. Well, let me uh, let me ask this. Trace obviously wore the uh, CU, and he knew the program when it was going to nationals. Um, how do you what what kind of advantage, or do you think it's an it has to be an advantage? I guess for from a coaching perspective, that he has that in his background, so he knows what it takes. Does he? Does he transmit, does he, you know, convey that same sense of urgency or that same sense of this is what we have to do to get to where we need to be? Does it give what he says a little bit more gravitas because he's kind of been there, done that? Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, he knows what it takes. And I think that's the biggest thing. He knows what it feels like, too. Um, None of... As far as I'm aware, none of the guys on my roster have been to the ACHA Nationals, except for Coach. Yep. And Coach knows what that feels like, being in that environment and like going and playing for the national title. And you can just tell like his demeanor and like how he like treats us is like very, very structured, very serious, like boys, like I want to make a nationals push. I want to do this. I want to do that. And what's like really cool above all is like, he's not only just trying to push us to nationals, like he's trying to grow our program too. And I think that's something that he was able to embrace while he was at school. Uh, You know, he saw that this program can grow, you know? So he started him and my assistant coach, have started all sorts of like fundraising uh, with a Verbero, a hockey company, where they're selling jerseys and they're selling team apparel, and coaches doing all sorts of like youth camps and rookie camps, and like he's really just setting up our program for success, and it, it's awesome. It is awesome to see. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I figured I was a little concerned when when I knew that Benny was stepping down and a little concerned with, you know, who was going to step in to replace him. But uh, with with Trace and his history uh, with CU, I knew that um, CU was going to be in good hands. Well, your season so far has been a pretty decent little season. You played 14 games, seven wins, seven losses. I mean, in Owen Dickinson's eyes, how has the uh, buff season been so far to date? Well, I think it's easy as saying, like, for some reason on Fridays, we can't put it together. And on Saturdays, we can put it all together. I think that's the story of our season. Um, I think we've got one or two wins on Fridays. Okay. Um, otherwise, we've split every series uh, except for our uh, UCO series. And I don't know what it is, but we just we haven't found our gear on Fridays. We just look a little flat and the efforts there like, you know, my teammates are busting, busting their ass, trying to get like trying to get everything they can. But I don't know. It just doesn't we can't find that gear. And then on Saturdays, it's like, wow, like we're putting it all together Um, and I can explicitly you know, the reason why I say this is especially our CSU weekend, uh, obviously our biggest rival games that we think about the entire season. And on Friday we played them tough and it was a, it was a really good game. They went up one with about 40 seconds left. It was a really good game. But after the game, I was just thinking like, 
if we just play our game like for 60 minutes, like we we have this team. And what do you what do you know? The next night, we just we played our game and it was our game the entire game, you know. Yeah. And so I think that's the story of our season. Like got to get our wins on Fridays. Uh, our record would be so much better if we could just pull it together on Fridays. Have you knowing that or having diagnosed that Friday is an issue, um have you changed things up from how you how you have been doing things on Friday or are you just, you know, trusting the process and you know, knowing that you've got to give a little bit of extra effort, you know, on Fridays from from going here on out? Uh, we haven't really like changed it up much because a lot of our games are just like like mental mistakes, mental issues, things that you know, regardless of preparation, like we know can't happen. Okay. You know, when we go to play, right? Like little mental mistakes, like taking stupid penalties, little mental mistakes, like, you know, not being structured when we run our systems, taking risky, like taking risky, risky plays and trying to get away with them. And on Saturday, like we, we just let the game like come to us and we be, we be aggressive and we make smart decisions and we're not as penalty ridden and it works out all the time. And I think it's just like swallowing the pill and accepting that like playing our Saturday game needs to happen like every single game. And I don't think we've quite gotten there yet, but we're turning the corner. I feel it. We're turning the corner. So I think good is to come for sure. Okay. Let, let me ask this, uh, Owen, you're, like I said, the record is 14 games straight 500. Uh, it's kind of a lighter schedule than normal in that most ACHA teams at this point in the season have played somewhere between 18 and 22 games. Um, is, is that something that that's noticeable to, to you? Is that something that's noticeable to your CU team? Is, is that on purpose or do you, or, or would you rather be playing every weekend as opposed to every other weekend? You know, that's actually a great question because I think I have some mixed emotions about that. Um, I think in terms of like, just how the cookie crumbled, like in terms of scheduling, like this is how it just worked out. So I don't think it was, the schedule was made for any particular reason other than we got to get our games in at some point. But I actually think this is valuable because where we are now, we're sitting at 500. We know that we should be better than this, right? Um, I think it's giving everybody time to think about, you know, what we've, what we've done wrong, how we can be better and kind of go for a big push second half of the season, especially now because there's a lot of teams that are six, seven, eight games above us or ahead of us. And we know where we got to be. Right. Yep. And I think that will bring a sense of urgency. Like boys, we can't like at this point, we can't afford to drop this game. Right. So it's kind of like, like you're already in the playoffs. Right. Like we, we just got to get there. Like we got to, we got to win the games we need to win. And I feel like that knowing that we have to get to this point is going to bring that sense of urgency. And yeah, it was a slow semester. Like we definitely, there was, I think multiple times where we had like two, three weeks off and you know, like we're still practicing all the time, right? So sure. it's not like a oh, I forgot how to play hockey type of thing. 
But ask any hockey player ever, like you could practice as much as you want, but the second you get into the game scenario, it's just it's just completely different. It's completely different. Yeah, yeah. There's there's you, you can't replicate an actual, you know, game time. Uh, so that's uh, well. Let's talk about the game time because you and you mentioned uh, the CU CSU series. Did you, when you were looking around at schools, was CSU one of the schools you were looking at? Uh, not necessarily. I applied to CSU, um, but I knew that if I was going to uh, go to college in state, it was going to be at Boulder. Okay. Um, that was definitely the front runner. Like my, by far my favorite school in the state. Um, so yeah, I was dead set on Boulder. Like it was Boulder. And then my second choice probably would have been Denver university. Okay. But I would have much rather have gone out of state than go, uh, anywhere other than Boulder. <laughs> well, there, there's a nice little jab there at CSU. I'd rather go out of state than, than to Fort Collins. I love it. Well, <laughs> well, what, what's it like playing in that series? Cause that's an arts rivalry game. It's Colorado, Colorado state. Both places get packed when you play up in Fort Collins at Epic, that arena is packed with a bunch of Rams, a bunch of Aggies that are hating on on their on the Buffs. The flip side, when you play down at the Boulder Rec Center, it's filled with a bunch of Buffs fans that can't stand the Aggies, can't stand the Rams. So, what's it like to to be there at the rink to play in those games, to be a part of that rivalry? Oh, it's awesome! Like, it's it is the most fun I've ever had. Like. I know we talked about in high school, you know, that was definitely one of my greatest memories, like playing in front of all of my high school buddies and all that. But just the the amount of like violence from the CSU fans, like not physical violence, but just, I mean, oh, they were chanting FCU as loud as possible up there at Epic. Oh yeah, like they are just ruthless, and it is so fun. I I think it's uh, absolutely hilarious because like all these CSU fans that really really get into it, like they think that it's like to hurt our feelings, but I love it. Yeah. Like that is what makes the game so much fun. Like no one wants to play in a quiet barn, right? Like. We've had some experiences, uh, my freshman year in particular, where the barn was just like dead silent, and it's like this is no fun. Yeah. Like I, I loved it so much, and I actually have a ton of buddies on the CSU roster uh, that played for the same club hockey program that I did, and so it just adds to like the I want to win this game so bad feeling. Sure. Because you know that there's six, seven guys on the other side that want it just as bad as I do. So I think, I think you, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people up in the stands that are screaming, whether they're screaming for the, uh, for, for the green and gold or whether they're screaming for, you know, Ralphie and, and the buffs and, you know, the black and gold, they don't get number one. They don't get that all of that energy amps up both teams. It's you're not going to sit there and go, oh, my feelings are so hurt because you said, you know, FCU or go back to Boulder or something. But they also don't get that when the when the game is over, when the 60 minutes is done and the final whistle blows, you've got buddies on that team and they're still your buddies. You're, you know, you, you've grown up with those kids, those guys, and they're still going to be your buds uh, no matter what gets said. Oh, yeah, no question about it. Like, we definitely hate each other during the game, but... After it's just, 
you know, good old buddies, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, we do it because we love it. Yeah, and we're I, out there because we love the game. I think fans expect everyone, you know, for there to be like a knife fight out in the uh, parking lot afterwards. And they're like, no, 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 these, these are, hockey's a very small world. And, you know, people know buddies on most every other team. And so, uh, you know, we, we can, we want to tear each other's throat out during the 60 minutes, you know, while the game is in play. But afterwards, it's, I'm not going to say it's all kumbaya and peace, love and understanding, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more friendly than you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, there's no question about it that, like, it is definitely one of the more violent games that, you know, we take part in just because during the 60 minutes, right? Like, we hate each other, and you don't want to lose at home to that team, you know? Like, so especially when, like, your back's against the wall, um, you don't – at home, you don't want to lose that game. So you're going to do everything you can to try to – get under the opponent's skin and just cause havoc. Right. But at the end of the day, like after a battle, you look at the guys across the sheet and you're just like, you know, they want it. They want the same thing that I do. And we have the same aspirations and you got to respect them for that. Right. Like you have to. Sure. Well, everyone's in the same boat, right? We're all playing, ACHA hockey because we're all you know going to go get our degrees and you know maybe some of us are going to go play uh, uh, you know some pro hockey somewhere at the minor level or over in Europe but for the most part we're going to go take our chemical engineering degree or whatever it is and go into uh, you know the real world and go make some money so it's uh, yeah we're let's represent our school but let's also we, we we're grounded is what is what I I like to think. Um, well, let, let me ask this uh, of you, Owen. You've been to, you've, you've played at Epic. That place is wild. You've played, obviously, at the Boulder Rec Center. The place is wild. This year, you've had the chance. You've gone out to uh, Utah and played on their gigantic sheet that they have out there, an Olympic-sized sheet. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you prefer? I mean, is speed kind of your game as a forward? Do you prefer the big ice, or do you prefer a 200 by 85 regulation sheet? I thought the Olympic ice was super fun. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's almost like just a little, it's, it is a, just a little change up and it's awesome. Like you've got more time and space. Um, it could also be detrimental, but in terms of like the positives, you've got more time and space, more areas to be in. Like it really like stretches the game out, which does slow the game down for sure. But I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was really fun. Um, but also the cons are like obviously it slows the game down and it's exhausting for <laughs> sure like and there's so much ice to cover right so when you're playing defense it's not great but when you're playing offense it's awesome yeah oh yeah you know yeah you've got like you said you've got all that time and space when you've got the puck but uh when they've got the puck they have all that time and space yeah it's tough y- yeah, for sure. And Utah is really, really good at abusing it. Like <laughs> they, and I'll give them props. Like they've got all of their systems are based around like the run and gun long stretch, like just make the ice as big as possible game. And it is very, it works very, very well for them. They have a ton of skilled, very fast skaters. So, you know, they'll just stretch pucks and odd man rush, odd man rush. So definitely something you have to adjust to because um, it's not usually played 
quite as aggressive as they do as they play it. Earlier this season, you also went to Oregon, and that was an ordeal because, uh, geez, the trip almost didn't happen. Oregon had uh, some issues with their home ice, and so they had to uh, change the location of the, of the games. What was that trip like in that you flew into, was it Portland, I think it was, and then you had to bus forever to get to the rink? Yeah, it was. that was quite the trip. Um, yeah, we flew into Oregon or into Portland, and we were made aware of the fact that their ice won't freeze. Yeah. So, and this was probably, what, three or four days earlier. So we had to switch hotels, and then we had to drive six hours, I think. It was already, yeah, it was already a two-and-a-half-hour bus ride from the airport to their to Eugene, where they play. And then they moved it. They found ice, and like, another two-and-a-half hours further south of Eugene. So, yeah, you guys flew into, into Portland and then had to bus, like, six hours south. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I don't quite remember how far away we were but we were really close to california (laughs) like we drove across the entire state and what i will say though is oregon has to have the most loyal fans in the acha why is that they they packed a barn three hours away from their home rink like uh, they fully packed the entire rink with oregon ducks fans and i was like wow like this is incredible like there is so many people here in Oregon jerseys, three hours from Eugene, supporting this hockey team, and it was cool to see. So I give Oregon props for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well let me ask. You've been around. You've played uh, in the ACHA in a, in a few places now. What's the best place? Not counting the Boulder Rec Center. What's the best place uh, for Owen Dickinson to to play in the ACHA? Oh, um. Eugene, their actual rink is super awesome. Um, that's where I scored my first goal, so that one's always going to be special. Okay. Uh, and and you played there really last cool year, spot. right? Yes, sir. Yes, we played there last year. Okay. Uh, gigantic rink. Um, they fill that place out. It's incredible. Tons of tons of camar- camaraderie from the Oregon Ducks fans. It was cool to be a part of. Um, and then – not the greatest of memories, but just in terms of like uh, fan base, UCO has an incredible fan base. Um, they're also elite. Um, so like it's always tough games in there because they pack their barn and they go crazy. So those were cool games as well. Okay. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what UNLV is all about. We play them this spring. I've heard that's a fu- those are fun games, so I'm excited for those as well. Very nice. So are you going to Las Vegas, or are they coming to you? Yes, sir. We're going to Las Vegas. They came to us last year, um, so we're going to visit them this year, and I'm pretty pumped. Well, that sounds like a good time. City National Arena in, in Las Vegas. There's a, there's a lot you can do there in Sin City, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding, right? Wow. Now, and you said uh, UCO, that... UCO has a has a unique setup because they've got the the stands on one side, much like you have there in Boulder, but the uh, they have that short glass, and so you can hear everything that the uh, that the fans, especially the student section, gives to you. Oh yeah, interesting. And the the thing I, I wish uh, um, I wish they would fix up there at that place is um, the lighting is just awful. It's like you're playing in a cave. 
you might you guys might need headlights or something when you uh <laughs> when you when you play or lit the little you know headlamps yikes all right um other well you you mentioned it maybe it was this you talked about your first goal that you scored up there at oregon is that your best memory so far of your cu career or is, is there does something else stand out another win or another uh trip that stands out as uh so far the best of uh the best memory of owen dickinson's cu career uh without a doubt uh beating csu without a doubt yeah i i would rather not score another goal in the acha for the rest of my college career and beat csu every time <laughs> oh, i be, gotta love it then be the greatest goal scorer the acha has ever seen and not be able to beat <laughs> that is without question the best memory um no question about it. The rivalry runs deep, huh? Oh yes, very deep. Uh, we want to win that those games so bad. So beating them is always great, always. Owen, on your team, on your CU team, and maybe this came out during those uh, games against CSU. Who's the funniest teammate on on the on the Buffs? Who's got the best chirps on the bu- on the Buffs team right now? Oh man. This is a hard choice because we got a lot of witty dudes on the roster for sure. Yeah. Um. Man. One just came to mind though. This is a really, really good question. I mean, you don't got to worry about um, offending anybody because nobody listens to this podcast, especially. <laughs> so, so don't don't worry about that. Just who who was the first guy that came to your mind? Our goaltender Liam O'Gwen is very very witty. Yeah. And he lets everybody know everything. Really? And oh yeah, he's he's a he's, talker. Oh yeah, he, he likes to make himself known um and he's got the skill and the talent to back it up. So, he's he's definitely a chirper. Um Blake Blevins, he's a junior forward on our roster, wears number 16. Uh he is very very chirpy. Um, he likes to get under your skin. He's going to do everything he can to try to take you to the penalty box. Yeah. Um, he's really funny too. Like just the stuff he says cracks me up. And then we actually, we've got some rookies that have some really, really nice. They got some good stuff up their sleeve. (laughs) Uh, specifically Brody Pearson, number 37. He's, he's witty little dude. And uh, he's he's awesome. He's a great rookie. Somebody to pay attention to in terms of uh, getting under somebody's Talent. skin and making making your bench laugh and uh, making someone else irate. Oh yeah, no kidding, no kidding. I'm I'm surprised with uh, with the goaltender because most goaltenders are well goaltenders are weird to begin with, but uh, most goaltenders <laughs> are quiet. Um, you know, now they're out there directing traffic, but they're not out there. I shouldn't say this. Most goaltenders, I don't think, are out there, you know, giving a whole lot of stick to other guys. But uh, Liam does, huh? Oh yeah, like he, um, you know, he's kind of more of like a mess with the bull, you get the horns type of player. Okay. Um, so I don't think I don't think he's ever looking to initiate something. But if you snow him, or if if you kind of get in his crease or something, I can guarantee you that he's going to be the first one attacking you. And he's, he's uh, he lets you know when he's flashing the leather, and he's letting you know if you if you got a oh, yeah. little weak shot, huh? Oh yeah, he he's definitely got the swagger to his game, 
but I think that's what makes him so good. Um, okay. He's got that swagger, the confidence. He's going to let you know that he's better than you. And I think that's what makes him so solid is because he is very confident in his ability and himself, as he should be. All right. All right. Very nice. Well, Owen, listen, I've got four more questions for you, and then we'll get you out of here. I appreciate your time. Um, we're here at the semester break. What are we looking for? And we, you touched on it a little bit earlier um, when you're talking about you know what you have to do for the rest of the semester. But tell, give me a prediction or tell me what we can expect from the Buffs here in the second part of the 23-24 season in spring 2024. What can we expect from CU in the spring of 2024? Well, I think for anybody that's watched us play, um, you'll see the exact same level of intensity, if not higher. Um, I think our intensity is so solid. So you can expect to see the same exact level of intensity. And I think you can also expect to see just more structure, more commitment to the team game, less individual play. You're just going to see better team hockey. You know, our coach, he's pushing that so much, you know, it, just being a team, being a unit beating teams as a team and losing the teams as a team. And I think we're absorbing that and we're embracing it. And uh, we're also going to make watching our games on Fridays more worth your while for sure. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to touch back on that Friday issue. All right. Yeah, I, absolutely. Three, 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 three more and we got to go. Um, oh, and you wear number 93. What's, what's up with the high number? Why 93. Okay, so I, I wore 13 my entire life. Um, yeah. 13's 13 is a good was number. My number. Yeah, it's a great and number. I, I won't, yeah, I love it. And I wanted to wear 88 because of Patrick Kane. But, you know, growing up youth hockey, they always had 1 through 30, right? So, you know, 1 for the 1 and 30 are for the goalies, and all the players get the choices in between that. Yep. So I was like, you know what? I like 13. I'm just going to roll with it. So I wore 13 pretty much my entire career. And come coming to college, one of my teammates had already had 13. So I was like, okay, I've got to change it up. Well, we, I ended up going with number 16 last year and it was really weird actually, because I wore a bunch of different jerseys. Um, I wore like 28 for a couple games. I wore 16 for a couple games. Like I just, I wore a bunch of different jerseys and I don't actually recall why exactly that happened. Yeah. Um, but I wore a bunch of different jerseys, needless to say. And so this coming year, I was like, well, I'm not getting 13 again. Like I'm not going to get 13 until he graduates and he's a soft, <laughs> he was a sophomore. So I was like, I won't get 13 until my senior year. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it up. Like I'm just going to go something different. So I was like, you know, all the popular high numbers are like 91, 92, 97, 98. So I was like, you know what? I want to keep the three in there for sure. And I just, I couldn't get over the hump of wanting to wear like 40, 50, 63. Like I didn't like those. So it was between 83 and 93. And I was like, you know what? 93 it is. That's what we're going with. And I've, I actually love it. Like, I don't think I'll go back to 13 my senior year. I think I'm just going to stick with 93 and okay, I love it. I love it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm old school. I'm kind of a, maybe I'm a crab apple, but you, that, that, how you were talking earlier, you know, 
uh, teams have one through 30 and goalies get one and 30 or 33 and 35 and everybody else, you know, defensemen get the low numbers and forwards get, you know, 10 and above. So uh, when I see the 88s and the 93s, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, but it, it makes sense now. You've got a, you, you were a 13 kind of a guy. So I guess we'll, we'll give you a pass there. You're, you're trying to, you can't go, uh, uh, it's not like you can go pay that kid off that's already got 13, right? Right. And mind you, 23 was already taken. Yeah. I probably would have taken 23 if that was the case, but. 23 was taken by a senior this year. So I was like, okay, I, I'm not wearing 33. That's a goalie number. And, you know, so it came down to 83 and 93. And I was like, 93. I got you. Whatever. I got you. All right. Well, you've grown up in the mountains. You've grown up in the, in, in, in the Denver area. I got to believe, and help me out. Maybe I'm wrong. Have you ever played? Uh, I, I, you see these pictures of hockey played outdoors. Have you ever played on an outdoor rink? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's huge. Especially growing up the, you know, I've played on some just like lakes, yeah. like just gone out to a lake and played on it. And then there's also like some structured like pond hockey tournaments growing up that, you know, your youth hockey team signs up for. And there's specifically one in Keystone. They freeze over this gigantic lake and put probably 15 sheets Really? With boards. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, it's got boards and lighting and all that stuff. So, like, the first half of the day, you and all of your teammates go out and just have fun. Like, just play and just shoot pucks around. It's so much fun. And then the second half of the day, you play games. And over the weekend, it's like a 16-game like weekend where you play, like, four games Thursday, four games Friday, four games Saturday. And then, depending on your record, you go into playoffs. And it's all on the pond. Wow. It is so much fun. That's it's awesome. Great time. Keystone, huh? Yep, Keystone, Colorado. It's, it's right next to their uh, resort. It's up in, like, the Breckenridge, Keystone area. Very nice. Super fun. All right, all right. Well, I got a. That's that's pretty cool that you have that you get that opportunity, and um, yeah, wow. The the fact that you were what you were describing, I was just expecting, you know, one rink tucked into a like a ravine somewhere. Um, you're talking about right. freezing over a lake and having 15 separate little uh, rinks marked out, out out there on the ice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. Like. Super, super cool. Just watching like a bunch of different youth hockey teams come in like to this one area and just play pond hockey. It's awesome. That, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. All right. Last question. We're going to get you out of here. And it's kind of a, it's not a hockey question, but it's a CU question. You've been there now two years. You have a brand new football coach in Coach Prime. Coach Prime got himself an awful lot of hype. Uh, you know, especially before the, before this season. And I guess my question to you, Owen, is has some of that hype translated over to the hockey team? I mean, he's gotten a lot. He's put CU on the map in terms of football and getting a lot of attention. Has some of that translated over to the hockey team, or is it just, you know, the same old sixes and sevens for Buffs hockey? And it's also cool to have a superstar football coach. Um. You know, I think it's had a little bit of implication on what we're doing because it's without question wanting to get more kids at the school. Yeah. Which is meaning that more hockey players are coming to the school, which 
in the next couple of years will probably make us a better roster. will make us more competitive in terms of short-term effects. It's nothing much other than the fact that like, it's really, really cool. Um, <laughs> it's you've got, yeah. yeah. You've got Fox and ESPN coming out on campus. And does any of that rub off on, I mean, the football Folsom field is right next to the rink. Yeah. So there was a, one time where the big noon kickoff came right over uh, in Farron Field, which is probably 500 feet from Folsom Field. And they invited the whole hockey team out to come meet all the guys. So, yeah. like, all the guys on the big noon kickoff, like Mark Ingram, Urban Meyer, all those folks. Yeah. So we got to kind of, like, hang out with them, be around that, and, like, kind of show off our team. And it was actually super cool because Mark Ingram put on my jersey. No way. Which was awesome. Yeah, I took a couple photos with him. Really? He's a super cool dude. So, yeah, like the implication of Coach Prime, like, got us that opportunity, got our hockey team out there. Like, you know, and sure, it was to Mark Ingram and stuff like that. He probably doesn't really care. But he was <laughs> asking, like, he was asking all these questions. Like, he put on my jersey. We got him a jersey the next day. Okay. Which was super cool. And he was like wearing it around the set. So, like, if that had any social media presence, which I'm sure it did, of him wearing a CU Buffs hockey jersey, like that got us some exposure. You know, all really because of Coach Prime, because they wouldn't be there if Coach Prime wasn't there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, with the with the CU folks, I know that you're under the sports club's regime and, you know, they're under the big-time NCAA athletics, but do, is there any sort of uh, intermingling, if you will, between whether it's the, the football program or the basketball program and some of the high – because let, let's face it, I mean, ACHA hockey isn't exactly, you know, Tiddlywinks or the or the Quidditch club. It's somewhere in, but it's also not NCAA varsity. It's somewhere in between. It's in that gray area in between, and that's the beauty of it. So, is there any sort of, uh, I guess, intermingling there between some of the football guys and uh, uh, because they are so close to you guys right there on campus, or is that just there is a, a gigantic wall because it's Coach Prime and he's, you know, he's the superstar and we're all just peons. Uh, definitely a big wall, okay. definitely a big wall. Like, uh, it's the coach prime show, um, for sure. And we have, I mean, no contact with them. They have no contact. I don't, Dion probably doesn't want any contact with us, obviously. <laughs> um, cause that's just kind of how Dion is. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of like the intermingling and stuff like that, not really nothing much. Um, you know, there's the like occasional like altercation where you like see one of the football players and like i saw shudder in a chipotle i got and like and kind of just like chatted him up which is kind of cool but like no nothing really on the mingling part they're not Um, wandering through the wreck saying what the heck is all this all about (laughs) no no they have all their own they got all their own stuff you know like they got their own gym and their own cafeteria and they got all that stuff which you know that's awesome uh they all deserve it you know like they've made it to the big stage like they deserve that stuff and now with that big presence of like coach prime like you know they're paying him a lot of money and they're expecting him to you know 
get wins, right? So oh, yeah. they're going to cater to his needs and cater to what he wants. And if I was Deion Sanders, I'd say, hey, this is what I want, you know, like, and he's getting it and I don't blame him, you know, like he, he took us from a one win team to a four win team, which doesn't seem like a lot, but like he made us so much more competitive, you know? Oh, and so much more relevant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like so much more relevant, so much more competitive. So I think it's really awesome. Like I love it. It's fun to go to the games and it's fun to be a part of like this, you know, and it's bringing a giant pull to the school, you know. That's so, pretty awesome. I think yeah, it's awesome. Well, and and let's hope, as you say, that trickle down effect, you know, it brings more attention to CU, which brings more kids that want to go to CU, which brings more kids that want to come and play CU hockey. So that's uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Very very good. Well, listen, Owen, I appreciate your time today. You've taken up an awful lot of your time on the day after Christmas on Boxing Day. So I uh, appreciate your time, appreciate your patience with me and my questions, and I wish you nothing but the best as the uh, spring semester rolls around for both number 93 and the rest of the buffs. So have a great uh, rest, of the, rest of the semester. I appreciate you being on today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. That was fun. Not a problem. All right, hang on. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey... Let's do that hockey. Yeah, Chance, let's do that hockey. All right, well, that was Owen Dickinson from the University of Colorado, and we sure do appreciate Owen taking time out of his day to speak with us. Very interesting. It's got a different perspective. It's kind of cool to hear that uh, he knew all about the ACHA or a little bit about it, uh, but when he got to the ACHA, when he got to the WCHL, when he got to CSU, he that's when he really found out, you know, hey, this isn't just, uh, you know, tiddlywinks and... Um, you know, the, the, the disc golf club or something like that. So uh, very cool. We want to thank Owen. We want to thank the University of Colorado Hockey Program for making him available. We want to thank you for listening to this edition of the WCHL Podcast. Everybody stay safe, stay warm, take care of one another. We want to see you at the rink in the new year. And um, just be kind. Take care.